Hi everyone, so I know before the podcast starts, I just wanted to say that my audio is a little bit um, echoey and glitchy. Um, we're still amateur podcasts here, so bear with us as we get um, better technical equipment for you guys to have a more enjoyable experience. All right, into the show. Hi everyone, okay, <laughs> welcome okay. to the See You All podcast. <laughs> um, today I'm here with Aria Mundy and myself, Jessica Clark. Today we're going to talk about space news, uh, year in space of 2020, things, notable things that have happened, um, things in January, because I'm counting that, <laughs> and some other topics. <laughs> okay, what do we want to start with? <laughs> all right. Yeah, so this is kind of our pilot episode. So we're kind of still getting used to all of this, you know, hopefully, hopefully it all works out, but pretty psyched about this podcast, so. Yeah, hope you guys enjoy. Well, we can start with some cool space news. Um, you know, I know 2020 was a pretty crazy year for all of us, but there were some interesting things that happened in space. So we can start out talking by some of this, talking about some of those. And this story is courtesy of space.com. So just want to shout them out real quick. Yeah, space.com. <laughs> Favorite site. All right. So yeah, obviously COVID. Um, was a big part of 2020 and it actually affected the um, yeah a lot of sectors of astronomy and space flight um, in addition to you know just about every aspect of everyday life um, so obviously space agencies like NASA had to have their employees work from home um, projects like the event horizon telescope which captured the first ever photo of a black hole had to cancel all of its 2020 observations uh, which is kind of that. a bummer Right, I know. I was like reading about that. It's like that was such a cool discovery, and you know they haven't really been able to do a lot um, yeah. since that first photo uh, of a black hole. Um, but kind of some good news. I thought this was really interesting. I think I remember reading about this briefly. Um, but engineers at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, uh, JPL in California, developed a new ventilator called Vital in response to limited ventilators uh, for COVID nineteen patients. Yeah, I thought wow. that was kind of cool. What does um, vital stand for? I actually don't know. I can Google that. Let's Google see. that. <laughs> vital ventilators. And this is to help with the pandemic because I know that like we've been running out of hospital beds and we're at like less than 0% right now. Yeah. I know. Then it sounds like this was kind of back in April, but I wonder okay. if they're, I wonder if they're still doing anything maybe it doesn't stand it for anything maybe they just capitalize all the letters yeah so yeah. I took Jim Boss's class um last spring um and he was like NASA really loves their acronyms <laughs> like they will make up an acronym and then they'll make a meaning to fit the acronym oh I found it okay it is an acronym okay. you're right okay vital stands for ventilator intervention technology accessible locally they really tried to make that one work. That's funny. See, I told you they like fit it to the acronym. God. That's hilarious. Oh, gotta love NASA. Um, yeah. So that was kind of some good space news. Idle ventilators. Um, but in addition to that, there were just a lot of big stories to kind of come out in 2020. Um, you know, I kind of heard about these like a lot throughout the year, but it was kind of cool to like see them all summed up. So yeah, we will share some of the biggest space stories of 2020. Um, and yeah, starting with our first one, um, you know, this is kind of a sad one. The iconic 
oh gosh, I don't want to butcher this name. Um, Arecibo? I think so. Arecibo? Yeah, observatory. Um, it's in Puerto Rico. It collapsed this year, um, which is pretty devastating. Um, the National Science Foundation effectively shut down this observatory after two cable failures led to the telescope's collapse. Um, yeah, this structure was 57 years old and it was one of the largest radio dish telescopes in the world. It made lots of breakthrough uh, discoveries in astronomy. And it was so interesting. I remember when this happened, um, as I was interning in Colorado Springs and my roommate was from Puerto Rico. Um, and really interested in space. So this was a pretty big deal for her. Like she, you know, had been to this observatory a lot. And, you know, when it, when it, um, when it was shut down, she was, she was really sad. And I hadn't heard of it before, but she told me a lot about it. And, you know, it was cool to learn about, but pretty devastating. So, yeah, I don't so know. Maybe someone will... practically gave out for the telescope. Yeah. And I guess just like the whole thing collapsed. I mean, I've seen photos of it. It's like in rubble. It's it's pretty devastating. So I don't know. I think there were, I heard like some news that some people I think were trying to um, come up with ways to save it or some ways to kind of, you know, try to swoop it. I think there have been issues with it in the past and um, they've kind of been able to find funding for it. Yeah. So I think they're kind of hoping that something works out, but at the same time, like this just kind of might be so drastic that it's kind of hard to fix. So, okay. Yeah. Wow. I was thinking it was one of the ESA, ES, ESO telescopes. Yeah. I So I looked it up and this is not what I was thinking. This is that telescope in that really old James Bond movie, right? I don't know, I haven't seen it. You, wait. <laughs> not a James Bond cameo. Let me, James Bond. Yes, oh this my is God. the James Bond telescope. <laughs> I know that's Obviously, hard, 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 hard but that's what I know it from. It's hard because we can't show we can't show visuals here, but it is <laughs> confirmed that the Puerto Rico telescope was indeed featured in a James Bond movie. Oh the more you know, the more you Which know. Movie? I have not seen this James Bond movie. Golden Eye. Okay. Golden Eye. So shameless plug for Golden Eye. Who was? <laughs> we're not going down the road. It's actually a James Bond. Fan I want to say Pierce Brosnan was Bond. Yes. Nineteen ninety. The more you know. I was the like, this looks so familiar because there's this one looks familiar. She's literally like sliding down the dish of the telescope. That's so cool. Yeah, the thing's freaking huge. Like, oh my gosh, it's massive. Really. I thought it was like on a mountaintop, you know, somewhere there's a dome and then a telescope. No. Yeah. And the way I remember my roommate describing it, it's just like in the jungle. Um, you know, I think it's, it's pretty remote. That's beautiful though. Oh my God. Yeah. I wish we could their picture. Afterwards it like tore up the concrete and everything. But geez, like, you know, it broke, like, it's not like a little, it's not like a little crack. Like it is broken oh they didn't have practically. jeez jeez wow oh my goodness well yeah that was kind of one of the sadder stories there are a lot of happier ones on here so we'll get into some of those next but yeah to kind of start us off on a on a sad note sorry about that guys <laughs> um anywho here's a little bit of a happier story um yeah, 2020 saw um, a pretty significant um, advancement in um, sample return missions. 
So a lot of scientists are referring to this as like the new golden age of space sample retrieval missions. Um, and in October of 2020, NASA's, I don't want to butcher this name either. I'm sure Osiris? I'm going to say this I want to say Osiris, but is that Osiris Rex? Osiris, yes, Osiris R- Rex. Rex. All right, Osiris Rex. That's kind of a funny name. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this OSIRIS-REx mission, um, it was sent to an asteroid, uh, Bennu, and it successfully stowed away pieces of space rock to bring back to Earth. Isn't that so cool? That is super cool. And I always, like, wonder, I'm always really interested in, like, um, I don't know, like, the, um, what went to, like, the Space Vision, Earth Pod, or Space Vision conference last year? Yeah. And they talked a lot about space policy at this conference. And I've always thought space policy gets really interesting talking about like space mining, like when we can actually send spacecraft up and, you know, mine planets and mine asteroids, that's like a really interesting space policy topic. I think like, you know, are we exploiting these other planets? Who gets access to what? Like, there's so much, you know, obviously like valuable material out there. So much stuff we could use here on earth, but mm-hmm. at what point is it ethical and what point is it not ethical? So that is so true. Yeah. This opens like a lot of like potential, I think for cool opportunities, um, obviously in sample retrieval, but like mining asteroids is pretty crazy to think about and starting to look a lot more feasible. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of, kind of interesting. So now is Osiris going to bring back the samples that it found? I don't know. That's a great question. Uh, let's look it up. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. And, you know, I thought I read something that, um, I thought I read uh-huh. something that, um, there was something, like, this mission ended up having, parts of it had to get halted because of COVID, like, they weren't able to do everything in 2020 that they wanted to do, um, but yeah, I mean, this seems. So did it just launch like, in October, or did it actually like retrieve? No, I think in twenty twenty it actually. Um, and you know, I can I can double check this, but okay. I'm pretty sure. It says it's expected to return in September of two thousand and twenty three. Okay. So Dang. Two years. Okay. Let's see news. Yeah, so I think it was successful in um and collecting the soil. Okay, ooh, let's see. I think it was engineered by University of Arizona. Yeah, when we went to Space Vision last year, I remember we asked the Uber driver, like how many students actually go to ASU? And he was like 70,000. And I was like, I thought CU was big. (laughs) Jeez, oh my God. Oh gosh, that's insane. Yeah, me too. What? Okay, so they have a really cool space department because they actually have a case that's full of asteroids. Yeah, I remember them talking about that at Space Vision. They have such a cool program. See you does too. See you does too. We do. Yes. (laughs) It was it was pretty mind blowing. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So this team, it sounds like, works to develop this mission and um. This is kind of interesting, you know. All obviously, like a ton of like work went into it, but actually, when the um, spacecraft landed on the um, on the on the asteroid. It was on it for six seconds. It had six seconds to collect all of that and then like get off. So they're like, okay, eight hundred million dollars went into this, two hundred million miles of space travel, and it all came down to six seconds. Six seconds. That's that's pretty crazy. Oh my god. Um, 
yeah, and it sounds like it, you know, it landed on the asteroid. It collected that sample, and now it's coming back to Earth. So come 2023, um, we will get to see this asteroid sample. Pretty cool. Space mining. <laughs> I think the Lucy mission is actually very similar to this. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually going out and taking pictures rather than landing on okay. asteroids. Um, I was in the Los Space Academy last semester and they talked a lot about this and it's supposed to launch October of this year. Okay. And I'm probably going to try and go to it, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, well, you would go to the launch? So La Space actually invited everybody who'd done their academy to go to the launch. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Jess, that would be so cool. So I'm like, like, I've no, never been no. to a rocket launch before. I'm going to go. It's around my birthday. No way. That would be so cool. A literal dream right there. I just want to yeah. see a rocket launch. <laughs> I was in like Gateway to Space last semester, like the engineering project class. And it was really cool. I mean, we launched something. Granted, it was like on like a weather balloon. There wasn't a lot of like fire or anything involved. But so exciting launch anyway, day. Yeah, that is exciting. Anyway, um, Lucy is going out and taking pictures of many Trojan asteroids. Okay. And it's like a six-year mission. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway. Asteroids are where it's at. <laughs> so hopefully 2021, 22, 23, we will see some more exciting stuff with asteroids. We should do a whole podcast episode on asteroids if that's oh gosh, something that's yeah if that's every something everyone would like to listen to um we'll get on that research if you've ever taken pathways to space instead of gateway i think there's a professor that does study moon rocks i forgot oh my gosh i need to take pathways i did take gateway you can actually take it now this is a plug for pathways because i'm just <laughs> for it if you are not in the space minor, you can actually take pathways now as like really you don't yeah. have to be enrolled in it i didn't know that <laughs> It is, it is super cool because they've opened it up to the entire campus. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because this semester we've been making a lot of what Chris calls PCPs, which are like pathway course packets. And so okay. it's a box of like dated and stamped items that we've given out to students and they get to open one thing each day of class. <laughs> that's so cool it, it's so it's that's all meeting is it meeting all remote it wasn't in person last yes, semester it's meeting all, it was in person before the pandemic um but then he went remote but oh, remote this semester he did a really good job with it I think it's probably the best class ever so <laughs> much love for Chris in person the and online, like it's Chris is just amazing <laughs> he's a god the man the myth the legend himself oh all right. Anyway, to continue with some more exciting space news, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, this was kind of another interesting one. So um, China sent a um, lunar mission to the dark side of the moon. Pretty cool. And they actually found kind of an interesting substance on the far side of the moon. Um, it is kind of like this glassy substance. They said it was dark green in color, which is kind of interesting thinking about finding something like that on the moon. Um, they think that this material probably formed in an impact or a volcanic eruption. I don't know if there's much scientific significance to it other than that it looked really cool. Um, so yeah, that was one of space.com's top, top stories for the year. <laughs> Just I'm Imagine like if you made like, like a necklace out of it or something, it was like a moon rock necklace, that'd be pretty cool. It'd be like a really rare I wonder. I wonder if there's pictures of it. <laughs> the 
pictures on the internet are not as exciting as I thought they would be. Literally. What is it? The dark side of the moon. Oh, what is like that just that's so cool. It reminds me of Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rover's so cute. It was called the Yudu 2 ro- rover. That's the oh. rover that they sent that found the stuff, and it's so cute. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. Was China the first, were they like the first space agency to send something to the dark side of the moon? I should know this, but I don't know off the top of my head. Right, but I'm not. I'm kind of curious. I also, I don't know when they sent that mission. Dark side of the moon. 1959 when the Soviet spacecraft Luna 3 transmitted the first images of the dark side of the moon. Okay. Okay. But like they kind of actually landed something on it. Like, wasn't that the first time something was... Something was actually, you know, they landed something on the dark side of the moon. I, I could be totally wrong, but. Fun fact. <laughs> All these little fun tidbits that I know for no obscure reason other than Jim Boss's class. And he said that um, China actually bought a lot of Soviet um, space equipment. Okay. So like the astronaut suits that China developed are very, very similar to the astronaut suits of the Soviets. Interesting. And modern Russia, yeah. So a lot of their capsules, like, oh, what's that capsule called? I'm blanking. Um, A lot of their capsules, spacesuits, rovers and stuff like that are a lot like the Russian hardware. That's really cool. So they're kind of following in, in Russia's yeah, in Russia. Perfect. That's kind of, I don't know, that kind of adds a, adds an interesting element. I guess we're not technically in the space race, but I don't know. I've kind of seen things like, you know, maybe we're starting to enter like a new space race. Yeah, with all the private industry stuff going yes. on. Yes. So things get interesting. All of a sudden you have China doing all these pretty revolutionary things. You know, I've heard a lot of countries like, I think India is getting really into some, you know, some of this astronomy sector you know sending things into space it's really cool there are a lot of new players entering the field so you know I kind of foresee you know 2021 these upcoming years being pretty exciting it might start looking really different yeah um, which is really cool yeah and I'm just kind of reading um about um this this um it's the Chinese lunar exploration program and it says China achieved humanity's first soft landing on the far side of the moon um, on January 3rd, 2019. That was like forever ago, but I feel like it was so recently. Time flies. Man. Yeah, I was thinking it was 2020, but yeah, it's been quite some time, but hey, that's pretty cool. Dark side of the moon. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed with the pictures of the of the dark green glassy substance. Yeah, it's more it's like more just hell. It kind of just like circled. It, I'm sorry, I don't see anything there. I was expecting like this really pretty, like emerald-looking thing, but I don't know. It doesn't look like anything. Probably really cool in person. If we could like go to the moon, I'm sure our minds would be pretty blown. Probably. All right, and yeah, kind of just continuing with some fun solar system news. Um, I thought this was really exciting. There was uh, this year, a team discovered traces of phosphine on Venus. I first read this, I'm like, what the heck is phosphine and why oh should God, I care? <laughs> yeah, so um, pretty interesting. Phosphine is um, a compound that has also been found near microbes here on Earth. So that um, some people, yeah, some people think this means that um, 
there perhaps could be some life form high in Venus's clouds that is able to survive um, the really harsh environment on Venus. Um, yeah, phosphine is a lot of times associated with being a biosignature. So people aren't, you know, positive for a fact that, you know, this is being produced by life on Venus. It's still, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be, needs to be done. And it's definitely um, an interesting area of study. But yeah, people are like, oh, you know, on Earth, a lot of times we see this as a biosignature. So could there be life on Venus? And, you know, one kind of interesting thing I was reading about this is, you know, for so long, we've been looking for traces of life on Mars not as much for traces of life on Venus, but maybe we should be looking more at Venus, which is kind yeah. of cool to think about. Good point. Interesting. So is phosphine, Take a vacation to Venus. <laughs> is phosphine more associated with life or produced by life? I think it's produced by life. Okay. I know nothing about biology. I could be totally wrong, but a lot of times, yeah, they say it is a biosignature of okay. they said it's been found near microbes so i'm assuming like maybe like microbes like admit it let's see phosphine what is phosphine? not a chemist and i'm not a biologist <laughs> phosphine is a colorless flammable very toxic gas compound with a chemical formula ph3 class did i can't even say that word um interesting oh it smells <laughs> like rotting fish that's so gross Wait, is this, is this chemical found on like the ocean floor around like volcanic um, spouts or like um, geysers? It might be. Yeah, because you know how like aren't there like some microbes that can survive like really harsh environments here on Earth? You know, they yeah. say they find you know traces of like microbes and um yeah, like near like volcanoes and stuff in these really harsh, really hot environments. So maybe I'm on like a Wikipedia article right now to see if they have anything. Gosh, this is a very long article about phosphine, but I'm kind of curious um, where it is found here on earth. Yeah. So phosphine is not associated with humans in this sense. More like- I don't think so. Yeah. Harsh environment during microbes. Yeah, pretty interesting. So there could be microbes living in the atmosphere of Venus. So how did they come to find it? Did they do like a flyby or? That's a great, so it was actually a, it was a team of scientists. I think, I can see if I can find the article because it was actually pretty interesting. I think the one thing that people are a little bit skeptical about is there's only like one team of people that have found it um oh. or kind of said that they've seen these traces so I think for that reason it's still like so up in the air and people are like okay don't make assumptions or anything yeah um so yeah they found trace gases kind of like traces of it in the atmosphere does it say anything about how they found it it sounds like it was kind of just some spectroscopy okay. I forget what team it was that found it or what university they were out of but yeah, kind of, kind of cool stuff. I wish I knew more about biology now. It sounds like it's pretty common on like the ocean floor. You were kind of saying that, right? Because yeah, I was. I, I think I remember learning something about the ocean floor microbes. Yeah. Like high school biology. I should take a biology class. It is so sad. for like you not taken like, biology? I took it in like high school, okay. like freshman year. And it was like a very kind of, it was really interesting. It was very 
very much so like introductory biology class so I by no means (laughs) say I am knowledgeable in biology but crazy I think like oh we should have a podcast on like bioastronautics because that starts to get so we need to invite Allie Anderson we need to have (laughs) Allie Anderson on one day that would be that would be pretty exciting but yeah this philosophy thing sounds pretty cool so again you know I think it's only been found by this one team so I think people are pretty excited to continue to study it but you know, they haven't really been able to say anything conclusive about it. It's just like, oh, you know, kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah. Out for maybe there's life on Venus. Be pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. All right. So continue on with some with some more news. Um. Oh yeah, this is kind of cool. So in February of 2020, a new solar mission. Um, it was a joint mission between the European Space Agency and NASA, and it was launched into space. Um, it is designed to study the sun up close to better understand the heliosphere by examining the sun's polar regions. Well, that's pretty cool. Imagine like how durable, like the engineering that goes into something that's gonna like fly by the sun. So this is kind of interesting. I just kind of found another little article on this. So obviously like to withstand the harsh environment and extreme temperatures, um, the solar orbital has to be really well equipped it has to exploit new technologies being developed by the European Space Eng- or um, European Space Agency. Um, it has high temperature solar arrays and high temperature high gain antennas. So they've really had to cater um, specific components on that spacecraft to be able to withstand uh, these really harsh environments. Um, it's stuff like this that like gets me so psyched about engineering. I'm just like, oh, just like the work, all these little things you have to think about, all these little details. It's pretty, pretty mind blowing. It is. It's got a cool sun shield on it. We should have pictures of this because it's a pretty cute looking spacecraft, not gonna lie. I thought, so is the sun shield kind of like a flower-ish shape or what shape is it? Let's see. It's 180 kilograms a lot, just out of curiosity. I don't know how much that is for a spacecraft, but apparently it weighs 100 um, kilograms. I don't know. I don't know kilograms. <laughs> Gosh, it's so cute. It looks like a little bug. <laughs> Space bug. <laughs> okay, so 180 kilograms is 369 pounds. So 400 that's, pounds, that's a lot. Yeah. But I guess for like a little spacecraft floating around in space, it's not that much, actually. Dang. But I mean, it does take a lot to thrust that into the atmosphere. Right. Just looking at this like little thing, it's like right by the sun. I'm like, be careful. <laughs> Don't fly into the sun. <laughs> be careful. I wonder what happens. Like something like that's probably got to be so equipped for like solar storms too. Oh I yeah. Mean, like solar storms, like, you know, propagate throughout the whole solar system. If something's that close, like, you know, a solar burst like you know like a sandy end of it yeah yeah could like you know it affects things here on earth like it's got to be so equipped for like anything like ready for the worst literally because i've heard that some like solar flares can literally cause blackouts yeah it's crazy um i wonder if they kind of times the launch of it to try to be in like a kind of like one of the because like the sun has like cycles yeah um so i wonder if they tried to like time it based on that i didn't read anything about that but that had to we're in a high cycle right now so it's interesting that you bring that up interesting yeah i think we're nearing a high one (laughs) 
so they're just they're just going for it maybe like like <laughs> will survive <laughs> the hottest <laughs> most intense thing ever we want to study that <laughs> it will survive be pretty cool though like maybe it'll kind of you know get some get some cool data on that I was in like an experimental physics class last semester and we were analyzing solar flares it was really cool um they, you know, like last, but CU has a ton of um, satellites that are actually collecting data on solar flares. So mm -hmm. it seems like that's like pretty well covered, but hey, you never know. It's might find interesting thing or two. Yes. For those of you who don't know what LASP is, I'm pretty sure most of our members do. It's the Laboratory <laughs> for Atmosphere and Space. Space physics. physics. Someone asked, asked me what it stood for the other day and I was like lost. So I did have to Google it. I'm like, <laughs> And they have a lot. <laughs> and they have a lot of student openings. Um, we keep getting messages from the Bold Center about like yeah. different student positions. So if you're an undergrad, um, like junior sophomore in college, and Check you want to apply, apply for it. If you go They're to their website, so cool. last um, at Colorado, I think so. Colorado.edu, you'll find a whole bunch of jobs up there. That's the thing about like aerospace that excites me so much. It's like sending stuff out into space, like sending stuff to, you know, study planets, like sending stuff to the sun. Last mm -hmm. sent something to all eight planets and Pluto, um, mm -hmm. like has missions to analyze the sun. But like so at last too, you can, there's also student positions where you can control these satellites right i think so yeah i have a i have a friend um he applied to their program um for last summer they actually just posted these um positions it was like january 14th so they're taking new applicants for this upcoming summer and it's like i think mission controller essentially so yeah. he's kind of explained the work that he's done he's like writing code to like control satellites like and he says it's it's pretty cool, but it's also pretty high stakes because we're talking like That's these true. high budget, really nice satellites. So he's like, I love my job. It's so cool. But at the same time, like, holy crap, I feel like, you know, sometimes like the weight of like these missions is on my shoulders. I'm like, it kind of sounds like it. But yeah. Props to you, man. Props to you. wrong code and you're in an asteroid or something. Right. <laughs> I just crashed the satellite. <laughs> oh lovely to All anybody right. out there if you work for LASP and you would like to be on one of our episodes contact us and we would gladly have you on we need guest speakers <laughs> we need guest speakers so <laughs> all right cool we can get into some more um yeah our next two next two stories are about telescopes so a little bit more space technology here stuff's always exciting um Oh, well, yeah, this is kind of another one. I, I don't really know. I guess it's just pretty controversial. Um, I don't really know if it's happy or sad because, you know, it's kind of, yeah, there are different arguments coming from both sides. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have kind of heard about this. It's been a kind of an ongoing issue the past couple of years, but um, there's this new telescope that they want to develop in Hawaii. It's called the 30 meter telescope. Um, a lot of Native Hawaiians are protesting this telescope because it would be built on sacred land. And I was pretty shocked to know there are already 12 observatories that are on, you know, this, if they want to build it at the, on the summit of this volcano, I think it's Manua, oh God, I'm totally going to butcher this, Mauna, Manukea. Kea? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, you know, the storm and volcano, it's huge, the big island of Hawaii. So, you know, the fact that it's like such a high, such, you know, kind of like a high 
elevation, you know, out in the middle of an ocean, it would be, you know, a lot of researchers are saying this is a great place, obviously, for an observatory. But it's obviously really controversial. I mean, again, this is sacred land. There are already 12 observatories up there. Like, I don't know if this was sacred land and people were developing this many observatories. I can totally understand how, you know, that would be, yeah, pretty, pretty frustrating. So, why don't they just renovate one of the observatories that they are right like that's ridiculous i mean we're talking like how many more can you fit i've never been to the summit of the volcano but you know that seems that seems like a lot so this would be a really interesting telescope it'd be 160 feet tall um huge but you know and yeah this could lead to some pretty significant discoveries but at the same time you know it just becomes a whole you know a pretty controversial issue it's like okay you know we got to remember this is this is, you know, this is sacred land. We have to consider both sides. And yeah. um, it'll be interesting. 2020, I think, I think it was supposed to undergo construction this year. Um, but they stopped construction on it because they didn't want to risk bringing workers to build the telescope and bringing COVID, um, yeah, worsening it in Hawaii. Yeah. So they ended up halting construction this year but it'll kind of be interesting to see what happens with it this year you know how that how that all kind of plays out so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely interesting I mean it's kind of interesting because now that Biden's coming into office it's already a political Mm -hmm. girl hot sack but I think it was his administration that's trying to help stop the pipeline up into Alaska yeah and this is kind of like the same thing like yeah yeah so that's what I'm thinking that this may be an interesting point in his administration as well. He's mm-hmm. trying to stop the pipeline up to Alaska. Is he also going to try and do something about this? Absolutely. Yeah, you're totally right. I don't really know. Both sides have like pretty, pretty compelling arguments. It's, mm-hmm. it's difficult. Um, yeah, you know, I wonder if it does end up, they do end up executing it and building, a, building this telescope. Like what essentially, you know, it's capabilities like what could it do you know what would we be able to discover with this yeah but at the same time you know you gotta just is it worth building yeah is it worth building it is it worth doing this um so yeah again you know not a lot really happened this year in terms of it it was kind of you know it continued to be an issue continued to be up for debate but they really had to halt construction because of COVID-19 um so 2021 I imagine will be a pretty big year um if they're able to actually feasibly build it yeah um what's gonna happen you know yeah like you know, like you said Jess with the Biden administration it'll be kind of interesting to see how it plays out so mm-hmm. yeah we'll keep our eye on this one and keep you guys posted <laughs> we should do a whole podcast about space policy because that's yes. a lot this year as well it's so cool I mean it's here on earth like you know we talked a little bit about like asteroid mining earlier so obviously it's like in space but it's also here on earth like you know how are the things we like we're building you know even like, I think the Puerto Rico um telescope yes. gets like a lot of that like there's just so much you know mm-hmm. yeah you it's have really to like, tear down a part of a rainforest and like put this yeah out. but then you also have like non people who aren't from there coming to there and so they're tracking in and out and like technically mm-hmm. making these trails that are on rainforest yeah. yeah it's crazy it's crazy a lot of it gets so complicated but yeah we'll have to you know we'll have to do that in the future because there are a lot of exciting topics in space policy i guess the most 
difficult for me like thing for me about like space policy is like I don't know I I love thinking about it but there's never a right answer like it's yeah. so hard like, like the other side of it for to building the telescope on such a high peak in the middle of the ocean is that it can get really good rating <laughs> really good readings yeah um because like, it's so high up which means there's less atmosphere for the telescope to go through mm -hmm. And the atmosphere, the turbulence up there and the gases moving around can really interfere with the images or the radio waves coming through. And then having it be in the middle of the ocean means that the land around it isn't impacted. Yeah. Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. It's been a minute yeah. since I've seen the astronomy, but having it in the middle of the ocean means that you're not going to get as much pollution. Mm -hmm. From the surroundings. Very, I mean, granted, there are a lot of people that live in Hawaii, but that's you true. know, you're talking mainland US, you know, mainland anywhere in the world versus versus an island out in the middle of the Pacific. I mean, that's pretty significant. Yeah. Like we have observatories here in Colorado, because I know there's some up in the Netherlands and Sea yeah. Boulder has our own, but it's not gonna be as great as if you were on top of a mountain in the middle of the ocean. Absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to kind of, you know, continue to explore this because, you know, it is such a kind of like a pivotal issue right now. I really want to do this, this space policy episode now, Jess. I'm getting so many ideas. So <laughs> if anybody out there is interested in space policy, knows a professor in space policy, send them our way. <laughs> we'll be just like, we'll just like have like an open forum debate. We'll just like all like, whoa, whoa, we'll get on. And just have like a hardcore <laughs> space so policy. Take a point on somewhere and just run with it. <laughs> All right. Well, to continue on with some of our exciting space news, um, uh, here's another. Here's another. Um, oh no, wait. Sorry, I'm, I'm lost. In, <laughs> okay. Well, I'll kind of finish off with like you know, kind of like a conjunction between between these two last stories. Um, yeah. Because yeah, they're kind of just exciting, exciting celestial events that happened in um 2021 or 2020. Sorry. Um, first of all, was we got to see the um comet Neowise from here on Earth, which was really cool. Um, I got up really early. I, I forget when it was. It was back over the summer, I think, like in July. Um, so yeah, I remember yeah. getting up really early to see it. It was so cool. So, um, here's what's kind of interesting. I was reading about this. This comet wasn't even discovered until March of 2020. Like what? it got so close to Earth and they didn't know about it till March. I'm like, wow. That's that was kind of that's pretty close. I mean, granted, yeah, it had its flyby in July. I mean, I, I thought they would have known about this years before, but yeah. apparently it was discovered in March. Well, um, here in your notes it says that it won't be back for another six thousand eight hundred yeah. years. So that pretty means crazy. like in the time that we've had modern science, like two thousand years ago or four thousand years ago, when we were having all these astronomers come about, like they probably wouldn't have seen this. Yeah. This is the first time humans are seeing this with modern science. Neowise. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was what really- What does Neowise stand for? I have no idea. It's another, probably one of those crazy acronyms. I mean, it's all in caps. Oh, NASA. Neowise. Yeah, it was so cool. I don't know. Did you see it, Jess? I mean- I saw was, pictures of it. I yeah. did in my naked eye, though. It was so interesting. I was like, well, it was kind of, it was a, it was a nice coincidence. I was doing like a sunrise hike up like Mount Sunitas that morning. I'm like, oh my God, the comet should be out. So I was like with my friend and, you know, we were halfway like up Sunitas. It was, I think like 5 a.m. They said it was like most visible, I think during like the pre-dawn hours. So like 5 a.m. Okay. 
kind of about to come up and like, sure enough, we looked out, we looked out east, I think, and there it was. It was, um, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I, I like hype that stuff up too much. I'm like, oh, this is going to look so cool. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't quite look yes. up to like how much, how much, you know, how cool I thought it would look like. I, I guess like meteor shots. I'm like, oh, I see so many meteors. Then I'll see like three. And you're like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> well, this was, this was pretty mind blowing. I like did not expect it to look like that. You could see the tail and everything. It was so cool. Wow. Okay, yeah. so the Neowise was named after the Neowise Space Telescope that found it. Okay, does that stand for anything? So, um, WISE is the Wide Field Infrared Survey Explorer. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what NEO stands for. <laughs> it, just, I, <laughs> it just has WISE as the <laughs> images providing rich and searching WISE. Yeah, that is crazy. Hey, Jess, we have a whole podcast episode on acronyms. <laughs> Please! Oh my goodness! We should have Kai on for that one. I bet she was one of the NASA oh my ones. Gosh. Okay. Yeah, Kai's, Kai's one of the members of our WOA exec board who's done um, a lot of awesome work with NASA. So maybe we could interview her on some fun, some yeah, fun why do they name NASA acronyms. <laughs> why do they say this is the acronym and then try and fit things to it? Right. Try <laughs> and make it, and then. <laughs> an acronym oh my god if they're kind of cool though like they're kind of like fun to say like neowise i like That's this cool. it's got a good ring to it um yeah so there was neowise and another big one that came um in december of 2020 was the great conjunction of saturn and jupiter um yeah that jupiter cool. and saturn that was so cool um yeah they were visible in the sky right after sunset mm -hmm. um they were separated by one tenth of a degree Wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, the proximity of them has not occurred. And wait, what? This doesn't make sense. Has not occurred in more than 400 years. Does that mean the last time it happened was 400 over years 400 years ago? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Okay. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. One tenth of a degree. Oh my God. That's crazy. I actually got out my big telescope to look at it. What? Oh so my it God. was really cool. Though yeah. my telescope is not that powerful. It's a big one, but mm -hmm. I couldn't, it wasn't so in-depth that I could see everything, but I could see an outline definition of Saturn and then Jupiter with all of its um, moons. That is so cool. I, I was bummed out. So, you know, I live kind of like in North Boulder and we like went out like right after sunset and we like went on a walk to try to go see it. And there was just like, it was not a single cloud in the sky except one right above the mountain like yes right I where, that. right where Jupiter and Saturn was and we're like my we have like this app I don't know if you guys have like the sky guide app that like yeah, tells yeah. you you like hold it up to the sky and it tells you where everything is so like like my sister and I like had that app out and we were like it's like right there like it's right at the top of the cloud mm -hmm. how can we not see it so we like stayed out for a while we kind of just like and we we're like okay it's like not coming out and then we got home and sure enough, like as soon as we got home, it started to kind of like peek out. I feel like at that point they had kind of gotten like a little bit further apart. Like they weren't at their closest. Um, because this is probably like, you know, 7 30, 8 o'clock. It wasn't like right after, right after sunset. Um, but they were still close. It was still cool to see. So I was I was excited. That is pretty awesome. Because yeah, it's so interesting because sunset here in Colorado up against the mountains is very different than sunset on in Kansas where yeah. there's no mountains no hills because here sunset it'll be like 15 minutes earlier just because the sun sets at like mountains. three o'clock in winter yes. 
especially if you live right up against the Flatirons and Boulder, it's, it's so different. So I was like high school in in South Boulder. I was like right next to like, right next to the mountains. Yeah. I get out of school like 3.30. I'm like, oh, it's dark now. Sorry, (laughs) the sun's going. Well, it's like the sun will peak over the mountains, but like you won't see the sun anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's kind of still like daylight, but I don't know. I just like sunshine, so I get Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah, I was in at my house, um, which is not in Boulder for the conjunction. So I was able to see it a little bit longer before it dipped behind the mountains. That's so cool. Yeah, that was, that was, that was a, you know, it kind of caught me by surprise. Like I didn't really know about it until, you know, a couple days leading up to it. And everyone's like, keep an eye out for Jupiter and Saturn. So yeah, pretty exciting. One tenth of a degree. That's really close. I learned in my astronomy class how to like do degrees yeah up the horizon or whatever so that's so cool is there like a trick to it yeah so your fist is 10 degrees okay so if you go like 10 20 30 40 oh that's cool finger is one degree so you can be like one three four so like a tenth of a degree that's like a tenth of your finger so if you were to like stack your fists on top of each other like this that's moving up how many degrees 10 okay 10 degrees one fist is 10 degrees yeah okay so when I'm lost at sea, <laughs> I can navigate my way home. Yeah. That's really cool though. I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't Man. know. It was just like one of those random things that he brought up in astronomy 101 or. But like watch it like yeah. come into like use one day. Like I'll be like super lost. And it's like, I need to guide my way home <laughs> using the stars. You can know your hemisphere because just like. Yes. Seasonally, you know, you see different, different things at different it's times of year, like. You know, you see Orion here in the winter, but you don't see Orion here in the summer. Yeah. So depending on if it was like summer or winter, like you see Orion, it's like, oh, I'm in the northern hemisphere. But like other than that, I guess you wouldn't have. Well, so there's the southern hemisphere. And we can't see it from the northern hemisphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you can see Polaris from the southern hemisphere, though. Yeah. I haven't been there and looked at the stars, so I don't know. Let's go to let's go to South America. <laughs> let's go. Quick to trip to South America, guys. <laughs> I I have to like so it's so cool. I like have this like neighbor. He was like a Noah scientist. Spent thirteen months in Antarctica, South Pole. Like I need to talk to him more. I mean, he you know always talked about seeing like the um you know the southern lights and all of that and like how cool it was. Oh um, man. But it'd be cool to talk to him more about like you know because he's super into astronomy. You know he has all these telescopes and everything. So I'm sure he was you know, really into like stargazing um, from Antarctica in the South Pole. So I'll have to talk to him about that and be like, hey, you know, what was that like? <laughs> I think it would be fun to go to the South Pole. Just to I do. I go for like, I go for a couple weeks. I don't know if I can do 13 months. Uh, yeah. Kind <laughs> <laughs> of like, like going to space. Like, it's just like so. Exactly. Like, yeah. You have to isolate yourself. Yeah, you gotta all throughout this pandemic when it started for like the first two weeks so it's like man I think I would do really good in space now right? almost a year later I'm like uh-uh this is I'm no not, <laughs> I am not strong I'm like two weeks I could do <laughs> a year I don't think so <laughs> like props yeah, multiple, to the months, multiple months is a no from me man it is so insane so Aria what yeah. is your favorite class that you've taken here at CU I gotta say Gateway to Space is probably my favorite class. I love yeah. Chris. I love him. Did that you take it with Chris? I took it with Chris. Um, first semester of my freshman year. It was just a really cool class. I don't know. It was just, you know, I 
I'm, I'm, I'm majoring in engineering and I really didn't have a lot of hands-on engineering experience before this. Um, and, you know, I kind of just took this class, still kind of, you know, deciding if I wanted to be an engineer. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to be an engineer. Um, I got to, like, fly something into space. Like, oh, my God. That's and, you know, it was, a, it was a hard class. We were, like, working in, you know, like, the DLC, you know, the, oh, my gosh, I'm totally, totally forgetting the space name. Of, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like we were like, you know, in the engineering center to like 1 a.m. on Sundays. It's like, oh my God, you know, it was a lot, but it's like, I, this is what I want to do. Like I want to build stuff that goes into space. Um, our project explored like, cause it had to run an experiment during flight. So we were testing the effectiveness of different materials as radiation shields. Oh. So we had to learn how to like work these radiation sensors. We had to build these shields, you know, it was pretty much building a balloon satellite um, that was going to be launched on a weather balloon from the ground up. We had to start mm -hmm. with the idea. We had to build it. We had to test it. Um, it was kind of engineering in like full effect. And I was kind of like, like crash course engineering kind yeah, of yeah, crash course engineering. Um, it's like this is what I want to do. Like this is this is where it's at for me. So yeah, that is how about you, Jess? What was your favorite class so far at CU? Man, I have a couple. Yeah, uh, one of them is because of Chris. We just love Chris. He's amazing in the aerospace department, engineering. He's amazing. He teaches um, pathways to space, which is not gateway. It's the different one. It's for the space minor, but as of this semester, anybody can join. Uh, yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. You were a you were a C CA for this class. Yeah, yeah. a course yeah. assistant. Yes, um, and his class is the end all be all of any class you'll ever take. It is called the CU Space Show for a reason. He makes it so inviting and so interesting to learn about space. He doesn't just cover like engineering, physics, astronomy, stuff like that. No, he covers policy, art, video games, film, music. He covers it all. Yeah. Anything related to space, he will talk about it. It sounds like so much, you know, like so much about the space culture, which is yes. so cool. Yes. Look. There's so much there. There's so much. That's so cool. It's called Pathways to Space because it's really designed to show different careers you can have in the space industry. Yeah. Um, we brought in somebody who does space policy. We've done astronauts. We talked with Ali Anderson. We have, uh, spoiler alert, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's you in like are the <laughs> Oh my God. Well, because we watched the Cosmos series. Yeah. So that's how he he comes into it and we read his book. And that's it's all about um space and like the culture of space within yeah, you know, our earthly beingness. And it's God, it's so I gotta cool. take it. I gotta take it. I've heard like nothing but phenomenal things, you know, from everyone who's done it. Um but yes, absolutely. It is the most amazing class ever. When I took it, I wasn't really sure because at the time I was a film studies major. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was a oh film my, my first years of college, and then I was like, "This is not working out for me. I do not like the scene here. I thought yeah. it was gonna be different." So I switched to information science, which is okay. in my college of communications. But mm -hmm. then I was also taking astronomy one and two, and they plugged to the space minor. So I was like, "I'll take it." Why the heck not? Of it, the pathways to space class, the one required class, like that you can't choose from you take it and I was like what the heck is this this is so cool yeah. what and like you can talk to the guest speakers 
and get to know them and make like networking connections and stuff like that. It was just so cool. So mind. So has it, and you said it's worked pretty well. We're like, and you know, yeah. in the online format as well. Right. Yeah. You know, hopefully it'll be back. Cause I heard it was, you know, so much fun. Um, excuse me when it was in person. Oh, it was um, so fun in person because yeah, it was, we transformed the entire classroom. We put posters on the wall. This is in the big Munzinger, um, auditorium. It's Munzinger? Yeah, it's that. in Munzinger. It's, if you've never been into forget, the Munzinger forget. auditorium, go find it's it. It's huge. It's, big. it's huge. It's huge. We, we transformed the entire classroom. Posters on the wall. There's curtains up near the double doors at the front. We put a poster up behind or in front of the blackboard. He uses the big projector. We have six different colored chairs. We have glitter carpet. We have a tea station. There's trees. It's just, it's insane how much work he has put into this. Jeez. We need to have Chris on one of our shows. Uh, we need to have Chris on one of our podcasts. <laughs> we just sit back at Chris. Chris takes on the show. It'll happen. It'll happen. Please, please we'll make it happen. Pathways on this. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> um, one of the things about it is, though, it was really intense online before the pandemic. So yeah. my worry is, like, kids in the class this semester are going to be like, wow, this is a lot of work online. Like, you're taking yeah. lecture online. You're also doing, um, like, your video capsules, the assignments, teamwork, and stuff is all digital. Just um, kind of overwhelming in that sense. Yeah, but like yeah. hopefully they start to understand that during lecture, you're not going to have much to do other than sit and listen or <laughs> when you're a maths or on a STARS team, if you're in the class, you know what I'm talking about, then you have stuff to do. But yeah, outside of class, it's uh, it's it's work, but it's not intense. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So yeah, do do highly recommend from from everything I've heard. I, I highly recommend it. He was, before we went, um, this was, so last spring was my first spring as a CA, and so yeah. I was excited for it, but then we went digital, but before that, he was talking about how next semester, this semester, he was going to make it open to everybody at CU, and he was like, mm-hmm. we might have, like, two lectures, a thousand people in it, and I was like, oh, oh my god, what? <laughs> how many CAs are there for it? Um, last semester, I think there were, like, seven okay this semester I think we're down to like still seven or eight okay actually yeah yeah (laughs) it takes a lot to yeah it's a huge class yeah Yeah. um so props to Chris and Ashley Ashley Bailey she's such a sweetheart making it work making it work and the CAs the other CAs out there shout out to you all you're gonna have a great semester (laughs) (laughs) well we're just over an hour so do we maybe want to wrap up with you know some of just upcoming things with Wawa um obviously more podcasts this is so fun I love doing this because then people can come to this and listen to it on their own time yeah Um, and you know like we said we really want to try to have some guest speakers you know I know this is a lot of you know me just blabbering on space facts, but in the future, we really hope to bring on some professors, you know, some CU faculty, um, some professionals to talk about their research, their work, um, you know, kind of specialize this or yeah, you know, kind of, yeah, kind of focus, focus in, on in for each episode. Yeah. Yeah. And like that being said, you know, if you guys have anything um, in particular that you really want to know more about, we would be happy to focus, focus in on, you know, certain topics. So Shoot us an email. 
also along with that in the podcast, um, the membership requirements did change a little bit. I talked about it in the trailer. If you want to listen to two podcasts, um, and then there's a link in our link tree, also found in our bio on Instagram, there's a form you can fill out to get membership attendance points for listening to podcasts. Um, mm -hmm. Just fill it out, click on which podcast you listen to, and then we will count it. Um, as long as you listen to two and then come to two of our live events, you will be counted as an active member. Yes. Um, along with that, you can listen to more than two podcasts. Absolutely, I encourage Please it. do. Please do. Please and if you want to submit multiple forms, I may have to talk with the exec board on giving people more attendance points for that. Yeah. We'll if figure that there out. is enough we'll interest, there. but we will see. Yeah. Going to three live events is still on the table, though. Yes. So yeah, we'll kind of get some more of those logistics worked out and keep you guys posted. Keep reading the newsletter. Um, and we'll have all that information there. As far as upcoming WOA events, you know, we're still coming up with a lot of plans for this semester. Um, obviously trying to brainstorm some more fun remote meeting ideas, but we're planning on having another coffee hour similar to our one from first semester. Really psyched about that because um, the one first semester was super fun. Um, yeah, so we'll have some professors, some faculty on that to talk about space stuff um, to answer some of your questions. So keep an eye out for that. Um, what else do we have coming up? I might Jess? record that episode or that meeting yes. and like put it as like a special live event episode as a podcast. Yes. Yeah. Jess and I are trying to figure out the logistics of that. Um, so that might also count as a podcast if you're not able to attend the live event, but we will keep you filled in on the details for that. Mm -hmm. um, E-week is next week? Uh, February. Oh, I'm way off. Oh, yeah. next week is immersion. Next week is immersion. Next week is immersion. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to come say hi to us, Aria and Angelina will be there Tuesday, Thursday. Um, I'm not sure about times. Um, yeah. And immersion is for the engineering um, university council, I think. Um, and there will be different groups and student organizations there. So you can pop and say hi if you want. We have a game night on January 29th. Hope to see you guys there. It's very fun. There's an RSVP link in the link tree in our Instagram bio. Go check it out to register. We will send out. Yes. And if you guys have any, well, you know, we'll kind of, we'll kind of get a sense of what games you guys want to play at the beginning, but we're thinking like Jackbox, you know. Among Us. Yeah, Among Us, all the good stuff. So yeah, awesome. do you have any recommendations too? We, we are very open to, open to different options. So let us know and. Yeah, that's kind of what the next few months look like. Um, beyond that, you know, we'll keep you guys posted with things, but we're really psyched for this semester. We think, you know, it's a bummer that everything's remote, but like I had so much fun with everything we did last semester. So like, I didn't think it was gonna be as fun as it was. I ended up really enjoying it. I'm like, man, making the most out of Zoom, so. We are, we are really yeah. trying to. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved all of the events. I'm so psyched for the coffee hour again, because that was so fun. Coffee um, hours are amazing. It's like a tradition yeah. that Loa do, does it every semester. Well, like, ever since we did it like our first one. Keep watching. Yes, it'll be in our newsletter. So keep an eye peeled for that. Yes. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We hope yeah, you join you us again on our next one. Yay. Thank you, Aria, for joining me this week. It was thank you so much. That was so fun. I, I enjoyed <laughs> that. So uh, hopefully this turns out okay. <laughs> I think it will. Hopefully, if you guys are listening. <laughs> like subscribe I don't, we don't have any of that but like okay. send us an email that you liked it or like fill out the form and tell us you liked it because <laughs> or like what the heck what the heck are you talking about yeah what the heck are you talking about or you said this Just wrong feedback. 
All right. We're very new to this, but it was really fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah, we hope you tune in for our next podcast, which is TBD. We don't really know what we're talking about yet, but very open to ideas. So yeah, shoot us an email. Yes. All right. Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. See you guys later.